When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right. This is the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And uh, this week on the episode, uh, we are, we are, uh, you know, Audience Choice Month is kind of done, uh, but we decided uh, we're going to continue on anyway. We're doing Big Fish, everybody. Uh, we're doing Big Fish, which... It came uh, close. I think, we, I just felt like we needed to, right? It came so close. Why not do it? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was fourth place. We, we said we were going to do the three and it, uh, it was so close, as you said. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Big Fish, the Tim Burton... Uh, I'm going to say this, the last time Tim Burton actually tried. Uh, is <laughs> <laughs> this, I would say this is like one of the least Tim Burton-y Tim Burtons, if that makes sense. It oh, still yeah. very much has that vein within it of like it's dark and it's kind of weird and that sort of thing. But it doesn't have that, I don't know, that certain flair that he really starts pouring over everything on his other movies. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I would say, like, even the comment about it being dark, I would say it's far less dark than uh, than his other movies. Like, I don't know, man. I find like <laughs> e- like Beetlejuice. I find Beetlejuice less dark than this. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe the subtext of this is darker than, uh, but like, I felt like the fantasy elements of this, like where Beetlejuice is like people pulling off their heads and mm. like poking their eyeballs out. This is like. Yeah, there was a naked lady in a lake once and like uh, my giant friend helped me move a house like it's I don't know, man. As soon as I saw a clown pull a gun out of his stomach, I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) This is is some pretty crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, No, fair enough. And it's fucking crazy shit. Absolutely. Which is kind of the point of the movie, which also uh, works to it. Um, So for those of you who have not seen uh, Big Fish. Um, basically what it is, is, uh, we've got, uh, two characters here, basically Ed Bloom, uh, the young version of which is played by Ewan McGregor and, uh, Will Bloom, his son. And it's the story of Ed Bloom's life as told by him, but it's full of essentially big fish stories, right? Elaborate fantasies, things that don't quite make sense. And he's dying and his son is trying to sort of get to know him better and uh, they've been estranged for many years, and he's trying to sort of get to the root and the truth of all these like crazy stories that his dad has always told, and kind of patch up their relationship from that. So Ed's kind of journey is like he left this town, and then he his hometown, and he met this giant, uh, Carl the Giant, like went to this town that was perfect, but he left and like fell in love with his wife, this girl who ended up being his wife. Um, 
winter over. He's, he's, you know, in a circus, like working his ass off to just learn about who this woman is that he's in love with. Then he gets sent away on the army and like meets, you know, cast of characters there and he gets captured and sent back. So it's all these elaborate. He buys a town at one point. Um, he helps rob a bank with Steve Buscemi. And like, there's all these crazy sort of fantasy things. And it's kind of all about his son trying to like resolve that. I guess the one important story we didn't get into the other ones before is the story that he tells about the day his son was born, which is that he was cat caught this big fish using his wedding ring, this big catfish in the river. And that's why he missed his son's birth. And it's a story that he tells all the time. And that's what causes their falling out. Cause their father tells the story for like the hundredth time at his son's wedding. Like, did I miss it? And then the, Oh, the father dies at the end. And then there's a funeral. <laughs> And I, I guess that's that an important part. That. Like it's such an, oh yeah, right. He dies. Also, he dies. And then, you know, <laughs> and then there's a funeral and you see sort of these characters from his fantasies show yes. up and you realize that there's like elements of truth sort of to everything that he said. It's, it's just certain things were heightened. Did that like, did I miss any key no, points I think there? You got it. I think you got it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, this was, uh, again, this is one of those movies where I'm like, ah, a little tougher in a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) A little tougher in a pandemic. My cry trigger is a lot easier. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's fast. It's, it's quick. It's there. I was even, even before we hopped on, I was like, it's weird to cry and eat at the same time. (laughs) Cause I was eating a sandwich. I was so hungry. I had to eat. I'm eating a sandwich and I'm just crying. And I'm like, this is a weird sensation. (laughs) Like. (laughs) It was very strange, just tearfully crying over his head. Anyway. And it is it is an emotional movie because obviously it has to do with like parents passing away and like the, those sorts of relationships and whatnot. But like for me, I was also just like in the context that we watch it, I was mm-hmm. so angry at the dad. I was so mad. <laughs> really? No. I, to be perfectly honest with you, and I think why I got emotional is because it's like, like my dad does that a bit, not to the extent that this guy does it where it's like really grand, but my right. dad's a storyteller. Sure. So like it is, I like I started with stories where it was like I caught a fish so big it got caught in the bridge and like this sort of thing. And then, you know, they peter out. But still, I think you could agree, Craig, as a good storyteller, you exaggerate a little bit. I am not here to... You take some creative liberties. Sure, 100%. I'm not here to argue against storytelling, and I'm not here to argue against slight exaggerations. You're right. Those big fish stories, um, if if you jumped off a cliff, Rebecca, Mm. it's never two meters high. You know what I mean? It's 40 feet. You must have fallen 40 feet, right? Yeah, uh, although at the same time, I think two two meters, you're a liar. <laughs> I think that's a lot. You know what I mean? There's, I believe there is a section where it becomes too much. Sure, sure. I would agree uh, with that. Yeah, but, and this goes into, so, so to get into like who we think is the villains of this. So what I'm going to say is I think the movie feels that Ed, not Ed, sorry, uh, Will Bloom, the son is somewhat of the villain in this for not understanding his dad or not seeing the charm and the whimsy in what he does. A lot of this movie is a lot of other characters sort of seeing like, look at how 
how wonderful and charming your dad's like crazy stories are. Why is this affecting your relationship with him that much? And I'm going to argue that Will is absolutely justified in feeling the way he does, given the extent to which his father commits to these stories. Oh, there's such a strong part of me that just wants to go opposition on this one (laughs) and go, okay, I'm going to fight for the dad. Because I think there's several examples of him kind of being the villain a bit and showing that he's kind of a bad guy or these sorts of things. But I want to argue for him. (laughs) Okay, this is going to be interesting then, because I did not think you would be coming here with like pro dad energy. Uh, I I flip flopped. Okay, I definitely flip flopped through it. But just because you have such a strong opinion, I'm like a little interested just to argue with you on this. Okay. So, I mean, I think where, where it starts off is like, we, we start the movie too with the dad telling the story of what the, the, the big fish that he caught the day that his son was born at Mm -hmm. his, his son's wedding reception. Yes. And the criticism he lays is like, it's, um, what is it here? He goes, I'm a footnote. You told that story at my wedding. I am a footnote in that story. It never happened. You were selling novelties in Wichita. And it's all about the fact that whatever his dad does, the dad always has to be the center of attention. Yes. The dad always has to be the most important, the most interesting, the most wonderful, most charming person in the room. And he tells these stories that are not true and has a falling out. And so so Will has a falling out with his his dad on the day of his wedding. This isn't a fallout that happens because somebody you love told a a colorful story at your wedding, right? This is years in the making. And like, as the movie goes on, again, everybody is charmed by this except for his son because his son's the one who has to deal with it. uh, uh, Will's wife finds it very charming. He's like, I think it's romantic. He's like, yeah, but that's not how mom and dad met. That's not the real story. He didn't work at a circus and get one piece of information about mom every month and worked for no pay until he could win her over. That didn't happen. And I can understand that sort of frustration where this is a person who is selfish and is centering themselves in everything that they do and not giving any room for you. Okay, here. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit because my argument against this like wedding blow up is going to be number one, congratulations, your dad's not even drunk at this thing. Good for you. Wow. <laughs> the composure. Okay. Nailed a speech. Everybody clapped. And I'm going to make, okay, and this is the argument I want to make for this guy. And maybe this isn't the perspective I'm supposed to take, but here we go. Just for an argument. Why not? Um, Almost all of his stories end in a punchline. So many of his stories end in a little punchline. And the punchline is the thing where you go, oh, okay, this is a tale. This is a lesson. This is a tale. And... As an adult, you can decipher, you can go, yes, I get that. I think everyone in that room is not thinking, yeah, he caught a fish with a wedding ring. They're thinking, oh, that was a really cute joke. 
And, uh, you know, and I would agree with you, but if that's the only way that you communicate anything or relay any piece of advice or experience that you've had to your most loved and trusted people in your family, that's a huge dick move to do. Like if it had just been the wedding speech, absolutely, that's fun and charming. And yes, I've heard him say this a thousand times before, but I also know the real story of the day I was born. And this is a little fantasy that he tells. But everything he does is this, uh, you said it perfectly, everything's a joke to him. How do you live your life when when you're like, Dad, I would like to get to <laughs> know you better I on your deathbed? Maybe that's why I attach myself to this man. <laughs> What's that? I said, maybe that's why I'm attaching myself to this man. Everything's a joke to him. I'm like, I understand this. This is good. <laughs> yeah, but like, Rebecca, I know, I know you well enough to know that not everything that you say is a joke. You might say it with a little bit of humor or like yeah. throw in like some self-deprecation or something like that in there. But you're not like, I'm not like, Rebecca, uh, you know, tell me about a time that was like really you know, uh, traumatic for you or like, what was it like in the war? You know, you were missing in action during, I think, uh, Vietnam. I'm not sure they ever say, but you were missing in action during Vietnam and you were smuggled out of the country. Tell me what that was like. Be honest with me. Don't spin me some yarn about like conjoined twins, uh, smuggling you out on a raft to Miami. Like it's, you know, like why can't that be truthful and why can't you have like the legitimate emotional experience and doesn't end in a parapach, you know? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just feel like this guy has painted over some very traumatic experiences with a beautiful brush. Yeah, and I'm not again, it's not about <laughs> optimism though. It's about like honesty. Like Yeah. Like so, so, and and again, Will does like a rundown of these things. He's like, you were gone more often than you were here. Um, he says, I used to think he was gone so often. So as a kid, the dad is absent. And he says, I used to think that he had a second family until I realized that he didn't actually want a family. So his second life wasn't going to be another family. He was just off living his second life which he always enjoyed more than the one at home. And like, that's fucking dark. You know, you don't get to that (laughs) point. You don't get to the point of thinking that about your dad uh, because he tells some hilarious anecdotes every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's such a subtext of (laughs) Will's father being such a shit guy. (laughs) <laughs> do you think he robbed a bank uh i don't think he robbed a bank i think he was maybe i don't think he was there uh but i don't know like that's the thing right this movie does it wonderfully where it's impossible to tell fact from fiction uh because it's so interwoven as an artistic choice i like that as somebody telling me their life story that's awful uh, <laughs> do you think he robbed the bank i don't know it's so hard to say. You're right. Like with this yeah. whole movie, there's parts of it where it's like, okay, you can see like like the giant man. It's like, okay, well, there was just there was a tall dude. So like it's almost like what's the middle road of this? It's always like half a lie, right? Yeah. Well, and and so in that sense, I guess I would say that no, I probably don't think that he physically robbed the bank. 
But another clear through line in here, um, it happens both when they, they quote unquote rob the bank and also about the town uh, that he ends up buying later, which is that clearly this man has had a lot of financial troubles or difficulty with banks in his life. Yeah, okay, yes. Because he goes, look, I go to deposit this money in the savings and loans and these prospectors and like, you know, investors of like the Texas real estate stuff, oil boom stuff have basically, and and the way the regulations are set up, this is what he says, is like basically they robbed the bank before we could. So I think in his mind, he goes like, I'm going to go get money out of the bank. Mm-hmm. And oh shit, there's no money there because it was robbed before. So I think it makes a more compelling story if he's like, I was going to rob a bank once, but then there was no money there because the mm. the Texas oil tycoons had already robbed it. Like that I think is the, I think he's telling a story about him being robbed by the, the big ups, you know what I mean? Who bankrupted yeah. a bank. Okay. Yeah, I get that. You know um, who is a villain for sure? Sure. And I'm like, yeah, I would be as mad as you for sure is, um, Oh, what's it? I believe his name's Dan. <laughs> the you guy mean, that's like a little older than him. Oh, what? The biggest jerk in town? Yeah. Roy from The Office? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You're here to Roy? Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm about okay, to defend Roy it. right now. Okay. So, first of all, at no point. Okay. So, this whole thing where like it was like he was a few years ahead of him or whatever. All of that's just camera work of him kind of giving him a half dirty look. Nothing. He did, never does anything bad to this guy. Okay. Right. Okay. It's just kind of like this guy gives him a dirty look sometimes. That's what they lead up to. Right. This guy's been sometimes giving him a dirty look. He always feels behind him, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think we could also agree this guy uh, is a bit of a showboater, obviously, through his stories and tales and stuff. Yeah. Probably, you'd probably be annoyed too, <laughs> right? If this guy was constantly like telling you how he was the greatest and all these like amazing stories of himself and these sorts of things, because he yeah, has you're talking to about have been, Ewan McGregor's yeah, like, he had yeah, to have been yeah. this way his I'd whole life, right? Yeah. So you already don't like this guy, okay? You're engaged. This guy keeps getting dogged on being engaged, huh? Um, he's you're engaged to a woman, okay? Yes. A stranger shows up, says, I love, like, I love you. Okay, lady, I've seen once in a circus. Yeah, that's crazy. Here's here's thousands of flowers. I already know a bunch about you. I'm not leaving until we get married. Yeah, that guy, I'm not saying he deserved the full beatdown. He deserved one. You know what I mean? He deserved to get hit a bit. Oh, so you, sorry, you are defending Don. You're def- yes. you're defending him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I'm, oh, I'm on the same Oh, my bo- God. I'm, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, sorry. I, I, if I said that in a confusing manner, I do apologize. 100% this guy deserved to get a hit. You know what I mean? He deserved to be hit once. Okay. Yeah. Thousands, thousands of flowers. This is the most stalkery story I've ever heard. Okay. I did not find it romantic. <laughs> I'm going to work for free to learn about this girl. Also, they had one of the funny, I lost my mind 
when they when Danny DeVito looks at him, he's like, she likes music. I'm like, <laughs> oh man. Oh, you didn't get paid, buddy. That's get not paid getting paid. Much. You didn't get yeah. paid today. That is an insane thing to say about anybody. Let me tell you this, okay? She eats food. She eats food. She breathes. Requires I'll, water. <laughs> I'll tell you this. If he says she likes music, that is not a fact you need to know. If he says she doesn't like music, that's actually interesting. I need to know about that. That's something to clock and register because <laughs> it's odd. That's you're 100% correct there. But yeah, it's yes. like, a, yeah, it was like weird. Um, she, her favorite flowers. I'll give him that. Yes. Uh, no, that's a valid. That's a valid thing to say. She likes music is so vague. Yeah. But Dawn gets done so dirty where it's like basically because I think also like I, I think you will agree with me that Ed is a bit of a con artist as well. Uh, not in maybe a criminal way. Yes. But like certainly pulls things over on people mm-hmm. so like i have to i have to believe that that the, all that montage of him like win doing the winning goal in all of these sporting events in high school yeah and don's just sitting there on the bench or whatever i have to believe that like don had a bigger part in those things like he was probably bigger and stronger and did more on those teams but the way that ed is going around talking about it he frames himself as the hero which is a consistent thing, right? Where it's Ed is framing himself as the hero. So Don's probably so fucking pissed, so happy when this guy finally leaves town. And then for him to come back later and steal your girlfriend, like you would be enraged. You would fly yeah. into a rage. At the same time, it's like all of these stories are from this one man's perspective. Did sure. this guy even ever care about this man? Did he ever give him a bad look until it got to the point where it's like, you're literally stealing my fiance right now. This is crazy. And maybe you did way more to deserve a beating than just show up. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. Like you may have provoked some things, but that's not going to make it into the story because as we know on this podcast, you're the hero of the stories that you tell. Like that's another thing that's very important here is everything (laughs) is from this guy's perspective and a guy who thinks that he says right off the bat, I was, I was growing too much. I was too big for this small town. I was going to accomplish great things. This is a story about a guy who thought he was destined to accomplish great things. Did not. Yeah. Is unhappy with where he landed in life and tells these stories because he still wants people to think that he's the guy who's too big for everything. It's psychotic. Is <laughs> You're swaying me, Craig. I'm not going to lie. Right? Really and, okay. And here's one thing that I desperately wanted to, t- to discuss. So this is a man. I'm going to frame this like this, this way. This is a man who is presumably on the road all the time in order to support his family. Yes. Right? The same man uh, who is supposedly gone all the time in order to make money spends his money not on his family or being home with his family more. He spends it buying a whole town to preserve that where he personally fixes up the house of a woman he met. Like, so how many times is he going to this house over how many months or how many years in order to fix up an entire shack into a mansion? Do you think he had an affair with that woman? Jenny. Helen Bonham Carter. Oh, like you think like she lied? 
while so this is the tricky part because like one she is telling this part of the story yes but it's very much still done as like this is the fanciful wonderful thing like look i got my giant friend i got carl Mm -hmm. to like push the house back up yeah so i think that's still like a version of the story he wants told okay i don't think they did Mm. but i think i think it was a dangerous game I think it's like one of those things where it was like subconscious. Like it seemed to me like it was just like this subconscious pushing and pushing it a little farther, a little farther, a little farther until you're like, oh, this is too far. I need to stop this. Okay. Because you're of the opinion of he's getting, he's getting, yeah, he's putting his dick in whatever. Yeah. So a couple, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it happened. So a couple things. One is like his when his son shows up and he's talking to uh, Jenny or whatever, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Did you have an affair?" And she's like, "Oh, I thought we'd dance around that question forever." He goes, "I've seen my dad with women. He flirts all the time, right? He he wants to be the center of attention. So it's like already we know, you know, like if you're if you're flirting with women in front of your son, ah, like how." how straight and narrow can you be shooting? You know what I mean? Um, The second part that I think really did happen was I think there was that moment where he said, no, I can't. I love my wife. But I think that's framed as I'm not going to leave my wife for you. I think there was an ongoing affair because clearly he's showing up to fix up her house. Like, yeah, I think... Whoa. I know everyone has their own boundaries, but I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say this: if you're just sneaking away to help a woman fix up a house for months and months and months, that's cheating, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was a I think there was a physical affair there too. Oh, all right. I what really do think so. <laughs> because he's not going to admit it. He's not going to admit it in his own story to his own son and to his own wife. Yeah, I've. Oh. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Craig. That was the one point in the movie where I'm like, if he kisses this woman he met as a small child, I no longer like this movie. <laughs> like, sincerely, that's what I was sitting there thinking yeah. because there's just something. I'm like. Honestly, if you drop me in a scene where it's like, okay, we've got a, whatever, a 45-year-old man and a 35-year-old woman, all right. Right. If I've seen this person as a child and that person wasn't an adult beside her, shut it down, okay? I don't want any (laughs) part of it. I don't like this movie anymore. I somehow so, knew that would be your exact reaction to this, which is no. so funny. <laughs> so uh, I think that's why I do not have the perspective that he did that, because it will make me fundamentally not like this movie at all. Fair enough. I, I will say there is there is a difference here between um, knowing somebody since childhood consistently, and then that happening, uh, and having met somebody once as a child and then get it, meeting to, again as adults. I'm going to say that there is a, a big difference there. And like he met her once as a kid. And as she points out, while they're kids, I'm not like saying, you know, it's fine to date somebody you knew as a kid, but like she says to him, uh, oh, you, I'm eight and you're 18. That means when you're tw- when I'm 28, you'll be 38. 
Yeah, but goes, that's the conversation that made it even creepier for me because it's like him being like, I'm coming back for you. <laughs> I remembered. I remembered. Like, I don't like it. I don't know. No, but in like his it. defense, his response to that is the appropriate one because she goes, When I'm 28, you'll be 38. And that's not that big of a difference then, is it? And he goes, No, but it's a real big difference now, isn't it? Like, that's the correct thing to say. Yes, but then not to come back and be like, Let me fix your house. Like, I just can't. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like he returned with that in mind. was like, this little girl. He's like, oh, you're that same person? You're an adult now. You're a different person. There was, there was no continuity between knowing her as a child and knowing her as an adult, is what I would say. I don't like it as a viewer. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't like it. I will say that town sounded like hell to me. When he was walking through, first of all, that poem was atrocious. I'm like, nobody has their brains turned on in this area, apparently. And then when he's like, even the water tastes sweet, I'm like, I know. I cannot run fast enough away from the water tastes sweet. Do you know how fast you would get sick of that? Second day, man. Second day, I'd be like, this fucking water, dude. Tastes like pixie sticks. I can't. Water needs to taste like water. It, you need a cleanser, okay? Like, you need something to, that doesn't taste like anything, really, just refreshing. I can't, when they said that, I like, so proudly, I was like, this is hell on earth to me. That sounds like hell on earth. And the moment that no one's wearing any shoes, I'd be like, no, nah, not for me, man. <laughs> I'm oh wearing, Rebecca, God. I am in my house. We yeah. are I, we are recording right now, and I am wearing shoes. Do you realize that? Like, <laughs> that's horrifying, Craig. It's very un-Canadian of you. <laughs> it's, I need to keep my feet flat, otherwise, like they end up twisting weird. Um, Craig's weird body, everybody. Craig's weird uh, go, go watch the previous episodes. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think he a hundred percent had an affair with that woman. I think that's I'm why so he's upset. hiding the I'm deed. I'm so upset, Craig. No. He's hiding the deed from his family. He's not honest about it. He doesn't ever say, give this story. It's all uh, Helen Rombato Carter, Jenny. Uh, man, there's just so many. And the resolution of this is supposed to be like the son comes around and sees how like important it is that the, the dad is sort of telling these like um, legendary stories or like these, these, these more optimistic stories of what happened than the truth. Right. Yeah. There's even that scene where the doctor is like, here's the real story of when you're born. It's not very mm. interesting. Is it? You can see why your dad would tell a fun one, but the, the resolution isn't him being like, yeah, you know what? It is magical. And it does make my life more joyous and wonderful that he's doing this. The resolution is, is that his father is dying and in lieu of having any sort of real relationship with him, he is offering his father comfort in his final moments by indulging him. That's the real resolution of the movie. And if his father had continued to live, nothing would have changed between their in their relationship. The father would still be insufferable to the Jesus son. Christ. No, because it, it was they had gone three years pretending like the other like not talking to each other and just going through the mother like that doesn't get wiped away immediately because he's like you're right dad you do turn into a fish when you die what a wonderful story that would be instead of dying in the hospital as you did uh you're right i take you to the riverside and i let you loose and you turn into the fish that you caught the day i was born like that's 
You hate this guy so much. This I, is, I'm <laughs> loving this. This is hilarious. You're like, Will got done dirty. He did get done dirty. He got... He he does not get what he wants to out of the relationship with his absentee father who was off screwing around buying houses for women he met who, when they were children. And like, yeah, yeah, it's and his father even now is, is saying crazy shit. His it's they sit down to that dinner. I'm just going off of this. I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> go, go. When they sit down for dinner, they return home. Like the dad is still very sick. And he starts going like, do you know, in the Congo, uh, all the parrots speak French and they talk about everything all the time. Uh, but they never discuss politics because that's crazy. And the guy goes, you know, my friend, like literally French, like Parisian French wife. <laughs> she speaks <laughs> French. And she went to the Congo last year as a, as a business trip. You know that, right, Dad? And he just doubles down on it. And he's like, oh, so you know. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Come on. Like that's, that's charming in the moment. And, but if that's consistent behavior, it's infuriating. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I'm just, I don't know. Sometimes when I see old people, I'm just glad they're not being racist. That's I'm like, fair. oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> made it, we made it through a whole dinner. Spectacular. <laughs> like, I would take though, parrots over. Yeah, come the on. The thing, though, is <laughs> I do feel like, you know, the parrots in the Belgian Congo only speak French. Feels like it's getting kind. It it's like three steps away from getting real racist. <laughs> you don't think so? All right, that's fair. Oh my god, yeah. Well, I guess for you that would be really like you'd have to take a moment and be like, "Hey, um, I just need to science to somebody for a few minutes after listening to all that." <laughs> Can I just tell you the real reality of a few of these things for a moment? My brain's yeah. going to fall out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, if I may, I do want to touch on a couple of things that I do really like about this movie. Yes. Uh, one is I need to take my hat off, tip my hat, take my hat off uh, to the cinematographer of this, um, specifically for one scene, which is right at the end uh, at the funeral when some of the characters from the past start showing up, right? Yeah. And there is a shot that has uh, Matthew McGrory, who plays the giant, uh, Danny DeVito, and Deep Roy, uh, who is the, he played the clown that tried to shoot the werewolf. Um, <laughs> with his stomach gun. With his stomach gun. Uh, <laughs> so the cinematographer on this, in one frame, has framed someone who is, legitimately seven foot six Danny DeVito who is four foot ten and Deep Roy who is four foot four they somehow got all of those people standing next to each other in a single shot and I do not know how that is possible (laughs) they must have had that camera across the street and zoomed in so far (laughs) in order to frame that I don't know how they do it I don't know if you picked up on the insane height difference between Deep Roy and Matthew McGrory, but like, wow. Yeah, man. Danny DeVito. Oh, 
I love Danny DeVito so much. Anytime he's, of course, he can just say anything and you believe it. I'm like, he's the perfect person for these insane tales because he just sure. looks like something where you're like, eh, somebody made you up. Like somebody created you. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always just such a character. Fuck, I love him so much. It's oh so my good God. To see it. Um, and another thing I did really like about this movie, having to do with the actors, is they cast different people as young and old versions of themselves. We didn't have to suffer through 30 <laughs> minutes of some poorly uh, prosthetic Ewan Just McGregor so tight, like <laughs> sitting in a bed, acting like he's an old, old man, yeah. right? Because we're like, look, it's the same guy. I can know it's the same guy. You're using the same name. Like we can switch... <laughs> I absolutely hate, and like the CGI unaging or de-aging or aging of people, I hate it. I hate, <laughs> especially, they can just be two different actors. It doesn't even matter if they look the same. Oh, I'll yeah. believe it. I'll believe it. Suspension of belief. It's a movie. I know that these aren't the young and old versions of the same person. I understand that they are playing roles and it's fine. Yeah, you put I'm a car in a tree after a thunderstorm. I'm willing to buy more. <laughs> Yes, that's the older version of him. Fine. <laughs> there we go. Although I will say I prefer the age up to the age down mm. because the age down is always like, oh, you poor bastards. Like, why are they doing this to you? I feel like, first of all, it never looks great. And then I always think about how hard it must be to watch. Can you imagine watching yourself aged down in something? I think it would mess you up. It would mess me up, man. I don't think I'd feel good about it. Yeah, um, they did a good job of uh, Nick Fury in um, uh, uh, Captain Marvel, though. He he did look like his younger self. Yeah. Yeah, that's think, true. But like for the most part, like for the most part, it's really, really, really hard to pull off. And I think also if you're that person, crazy to watch. Oh yeah, I would, be I like, would much oh. rather have somebody cast. I would love to see somebody cast as me. I would. I'd be so curious what people think. I would either look like younger or older or whatever. Hundred percent. What do you think matches up with me? I have no clue. Yeah, but you're right. I absolutely do not want to see uh, somebody CGIing out my double chin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because like, oh, you know what it is. You're a little when, firmer under the jawline here. <laughs> they a lot of the time. I think the, my biggest problem when they um, age down is they'll forget about the neck. Mm, and the neck's yeah. really where you hold your age, okay? Like, it's really where you can see what's going on. And it's kind of like they just forget to do it sometimes. And it looks wild. <laughs> we don't need it. How yeah. useless did that product look that he was selling? Oh, insanely the handy useless. Man? It's a hand with, like, a corkscrew on it? Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> like I, a pen like why is this why does it have to be the shape of a hand you literally just have five tools on it i don't know my favorite thing is when shows or movies do that where they're like we need an invention what is it a bunch of things in one thing go <laughs> <laughs> i'm here to tell you everybody um the more the more i get into uh like doing things with my hands and like woodworking and building stuff multi-tools are shit but they're just, all garbage yes all garbage <laughs> just buy the two tools you need 
So you'll have two tools that do 100% of the job instead of one tool that does like 25% of the job. Don't get multi-tools. Just get... I'm very old school. I don't like dads lying to their kids, and I like a hammer to be a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I like dads lying to their kids. I, You know what's a bad one I clock, though? Because I was like, man, you're just bulldozing your wife right now. Is what He's like, your mom said I can't tell you this story. Here's this story. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah, it's... dude, you're never here. You don't have to deal with the fallout of this kid being up six nights a week now. Yeah, like... dad said that there was a witch that lived in the woods that... Uh, <laughs> will tell that... you the way you die. Like, Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Do you know that's so wild that he tells that he thinks that, um, sorry, I can't remember, Roy, I can't remember his name, <laughs> Roy from The Office, yeah. how he dies on a toilet. Watching I'm a like, Playboy, yeah, or watching yes. a Playboy, reading a Playboy, yeah. I'm yeah, like, yeah. he 100% made that up, and that's so rude. Like, <laughs> or, or, or it's a guy who died in his hometown and that he died on the toilet or something, and he's just adopted this into his own mythology. As I said, like he pulls other people's stories into his and like makes him the central character. So it's like maybe the guy, like, because because the, the thing he says is like Roy. Uh, we're calling him Roy. He's just yes. Roy we're, from the we're just just <laughs> accept this, everyone. Just accept beat, what we're doing now. <laughs> beat him so hard for stealing his fiance that the exertion gave him a heart attack on the toilet. That's the story that he tells. <laughs> I guarantee you in reality, those events were months apart. One, the beating wasn't that severe. Uh, two, um, months later, the guy did have a, months or years later, the guy did have a heart attack on the toilet. And he put in the fact that he was reading a Playboy to make him look like shit, you know? Or make him look like a pervert or a guy who is undeserving of his fucking trophy wife which he immediately like knocks up puts in a house and goes and buys houses for other ladies he's a he's a garbage <laughs> man <laughs> i don't think i can't recall you hating somebody this much this is good i like this i, I, I don't i didn't think i'd get this worked up about it because i yeah, thought you're maybe really you'd agree mad with me because <laughs> i thought you would agree with me well to be honest with you craig i just kind of disagreed with you for fun <laughs> You knew this is that's the reaction you'd get out of me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get you going, get you rolling. Yeah, that's so crazy that he would make that the story because it's like this guy was never a winner. Good storytelling dictates <laughs> that if somebody's constantly losing all the time, it's better to give them a win. <laughs> it's a more interesting tale. You know what I yeah. mean? This guy, he's just shitting on him his whole life. I've been dunking on this man since high school. I show up, say hello to a woman I have not met. <laughs> and she says, okay, and actually to bring me to one of the points that I want to make that I think is just wild. And I'm like, we cannot accept this as romance. This is, this is too much. When she's like, you don't know anything about me. And he's kind of like, oh, well, I will in time. And I'm like, okay, so you are really just admitting you're here for the pussy, man. Like, you're yeah. really just like, oh, I took a look at you and that was enough. And I'm like, that is never a selling point for me, ever. You don't know anything about me and you're in love with me? You're full of shit. You're just full of it. You're, it's, it's, it's nuts. Well, yeah, based on physical attraction alone, it's like, you, like, don't get me wrong. I have seen people and you're like, you are the most beautiful human being I have ever seen. 
Like it is shocking mm. how good looking you are. But you're not in love with that person. No, if anything, most of the time I just get upset. <laughs> like, fuck. How are we the same species? Yeah, like I didn't know you existed. Ugh. I had two of those yesterday, Craig. I walked down to the lakeshore and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a big walk on, right? And Toronto's just starting to open up. Like our patios are just starting to pop open and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like everybody's having their like big summer moment. And I saw three separate individuals that I was just mad to see. I was like, how can a face look this way? I just, how is it? I just don't understand. I was just so mad. I was like, you know what? I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going because I forgot this type of person existed. How dare you? I haven't seen any of you in 15 months. First day out. I got to see this. Fuck. God damn it. How dare you? Don't you know what kind of year we've had? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Give me a couple of months to build up to that, man. Three in one day. Too much. Two of them on bikes, too. I'm like, you're even fitter than I am? This is bullshit. Better balance. Yeah. You're not, <laughs> look at you. You're not even out of breath. <laughs> oh. Crazy. Uh, I don't know. Anything else you want to uh, throw out there about uh, Big Fish? I don't know, man. I've come, I've come around to your opinion, of yeah, course. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> damn right. Yeah, this guy definitely is... Uh, he, you know, the crazy thing is he doesn't even paint himself well most of the time. Exactly. <laughs> and what's he? Exactly. And what is he excluding from these stories uh, that does not shed him in a good light? You know. That's I will I'm say, saying. he can't. In my opinion, he can't be as bad as you think he is, because I don't think. It, I think if you're that bad, this many people don't show up to your funeral. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> This isn't, no, you're not, don't, don't take this as a slam dunk, because this is not a slam dunk. No, it's not, but you're upset, I just like that you're upset. I'm very (laughs) upset about this, because I, again, I think that you can go through life, and you can make a lot of casual acquaintances very happy, and uh, pleased with you, but I think the, uh, the real um, test of it is the people who are closest to you, right? If you have alienated your son yes i don't think the carnival worker that you were employed by 30 years ago showing up at your funeral is necessarily a sign of a life well lived i'm not saying like you can't have lots of friends and i'm not saying you can't impact lots of people's lives but i think making a surface level positive impression on lots of people throughout your life is not Mm. the ultimate measure of a life well lived well yes but if you are basing that off of the people that are closest to him i would argue will's the only one that feels that way compared to his uh his wife wife or even one and done (laughs) (laughs) ed's wife like the two wives they they love ed's wife barely knows his her father though that's the thing it's she's got that superficial relationship with him I don't know. I don't think you have a superficial relationship with somebody if you get into a bathtub with them fully clothed. Oh, no, the wife The wife doesn't have a superficial relationship. Sorry. Uh, Ed, uh, sorry, Will's wife, the, uh, the, um, his French oh, wife. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's superficial. You're, you're absolutely right. Sandra and Ed, they got some weird codependency thing going on. I don't quite understand. It. Dude, I, <laughs> I, I don't quite understand. 
understand it. Honestly, when she got in the bathtub with him, I was like, that is, I really like this. I was like, that is so cute. I can't handle it. They're sweet. Sure. (laughs) They're sweet, sure. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'll stop defending this man. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) The, The movie feels like Will needs to learn a lesson that maybe he doesn't need to learn because his dad's a dick. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) And I guess uh, probably time for our definitive rankings of how good the villain is. Uh, What do you got, Rebecca? Oh, I've got the uh, lies you tell to children scale. Um, So from from a mother will abandon a baby bird if you touch it to um, a lady that buys your teeth in the night. I am going to say I'm going to give him a Santa Claus because um, clearly he's not around for most of the year, but he's a wonderful lie. <laughs> Fair. I like that. It's very good. What do you um, got, Craig? I'm going to give uh, sort of similar scale. I'm gonna, but I'm doing the uh, greatest lies ever told scale. Okay, so greatest lies ever told scale. Uh, so on a scale from the sauce will thicken upon standing. No, it won't. You liars. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a soupy mess the whole time. Uh, all the way up to uh, smoking cigarettes soothes your T zone. Uh, I'm going to give Ed Bloom, the father, uh, your boss saying we're like family. Uh, they're lying in order to manipulate you and will forget all about you the moment it benefits them. Don't buy into it. He is absolutely the villain of this. <laughs> That's not what makes a family. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> and as always, guys, before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, there's a couple of ways you can help out the podcast. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, guys, um, Hit us up at VWR Podcast on Twitter. That's where I check everything out <laughs> when I need information on my own podcast. That's where I look. Um, so, yeah, VWR Podcast on Twitter. Villain was right on Facebook. Guys, if you want it, these were all, uh, this whole month, this has been like audience suggestions. Uh, we've been doing tons of those. If you guys have suggestions, please reach out to us. We love that. It makes our job easy. Uh, we want to do what you want to listen to. So, yes, definitely hit us up. You can hit us up at villainwasright at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us specifically. And if you got a couple of bucks. Yeah, uh, guys, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash thevillainwasright. Um, as we said, this has kind of been a, an audience choice month. Um, and we do one episode every month that is Voted on by our patrons. Uh, so if you have a couple bucks, you can sign up for that level. Vote on what movies you want us to cover. And in addition to that, every month we do two bonus episodes. We do a Craig's pick and a Rebecca's pick uh, where we discuss uh, movies and TV that maybe the villain wasn't right or just has an interesting villain or uh, just uh, something that we want to watch sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're really fun. They're really loose. And once again, you get two of those a month. Um, so absolutely check that out. Highest tier is $7 a month. Uh, so very affordable. And if you can't afford it, not a problem. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for telling all your friends about us uh, and and sharing the podcast around. We've had lots of messages of people who've discovered us that way. Uh, so you guys are awesome for doing that. And uh, now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week. What do you got, Rebecca? Oh, I've just got a, I've got a light hero. I've just I'm so excited 
that we're opening up a bit again and we're doing outdoor stuff. And I got to finally do my first outdoor show back. And I'm just honestly, T, I'm just so jazzed about it. It was very chill. Even though even the police were like, yeah, just be done by 11. Like, whatever. <laughs> just kept walking. Um, just like, I don't know, man. It just feels good to be in a group of people again. I don't I never realized how important that was. Like, socializing is important. Talking to friends is important, but sometimes getting in a large, a little bit of a larger group of people and just going, oh, we're all feeling the same thing right now is electric. So, you know, thank you so much to all the Toronto producers that are getting things going again. It's just, it's so great. And I'm so excited. And thank you for that. That's it for me. Nice. Very good. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that as well. Sort of collective experiences and like seeing people you don't plan to see is a, a weird thing that I've missed. Oh, um, yeah. Running into. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, the best. Very good. Um, yeah, so I've got a I've got a bit of a villain this week. So this uh, this movie had me uh, thinking back to sometimes uh, I've maybe been deceived or duped. Uh, so this popped into my head. So this is way back when I was still working at Blockbuster. And I think this was like, Oh, like I was like, like the shift supervisor or whatever. Like, so I was like kind of like a manager or whatever. Like I'd count the till at the end of the night. So I was like, and I had like keys so I could lock up at the end of the night. So like, I think this was like a, a Wednesday. So like, you know, most of the traffic comes through like Friday or Saturday. So this is like a real dead night. And I'm just, you know, kind of there by myself. I'm stocking shelves and like helping the occasional customer. And this one guy comes in and he like comes in, and he's looking around and he's like, a bit, a bit of a heavier dude. So he's like kind of sweating a lot. And I was like, okay, not a problem. It's like, he- it's like kind of hot out or whatever. Didn't think much of it. Kind of looking around. He's like, uh, do you guys sell like video game stuff? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I take him to sort of the cabinet where he gets it. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? Uh, get me a Wii and, uh, I'm going to get like, uh, all these controllers and like a whole bunch of these games. And I'm like, you know what? Let's get some, uh, like some blu-rays and things like that so i'm like okay great wow this is all right you want all of it so like i'm opening up cabinets and i'm like taking (laughs) stuff out for them yeah and all the rest and in my head i'm just like wow my boss is going to be so impressed with me like just on this quiet wednesday (laughs) i'm going to be selling like like and we didn't do like a lot of sales and games like those are big ticket items uh because we were a smaller store and i was just like man i'm going to sell like hundreds of dollars of stuff this shift that's going to look my boss is going to be so happy so, like, I'm talking to the guy, and he's, like, being all friendly and stuff and, like, taking him up to the uh, the cash register, and, like, I'm ringing it in, and it's, like, $300 worth of, like, it's an insane amount of stuff. Like, most sales in this store are, like, six bucks, right? So, I'm, like, <laughs> wonderful. And I go, oh, that's really great. You know, you got the new system. You're going all out. He's, like, yeah, the kids are going to love it, all the rest. And then he hands me his credit card, and I'm, like, okay. And I go to run the credit card through, and I go, like, oh, oh, it didn't, this one didn't work. And he goes, uh, okay, like, try this. Try this one instead. And I look at it, and there's a different name on the credit card than of the first one that he is. gave me. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, here's the thing. This is, this is how naive I was. I clocked it that there was a different name. And I was like, oh, there's a different name on this than the first one. He goes, oh, yeah. No, that's my father-in-law. So he just gave it to me in case like uh, we needed it for for buying this for the kids. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I try to run it through. That one is also rejected. 
And I'm like, oh, that one didn't work either. And he goes, hmm, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll just keep all this stuff up here, and I'll be back later to pay for it. And he leaves, and I'm like, the, the, the evening goes on, and I'm like, hmm, I'm starting to think that guy's not coming back. I think I might have to put some stuff away. And then, like, it took me a day later to be like, those were stolen credit cards, you yeah. idiot. Like, that's why they were rejected is because he's, that's why he was sweaty and dodgy because he's been running up and down Lakeshore Boulevard buying, like, tons of expensive shit with, like, credit cards he found. And the credit card company shut down. And I was here running them through the machine like an asshole. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, because, like, I used to work a lot of retail, man. And now when I look back on it, I'm like, what did they expect a teen to do? Like, what is actually your role there? Probably not a lot. Yeah. I think <laughs> Run them through. To... They didn't work. Not your problem. <laughs> I think you're supposed to ask for ID over a certain amount. Make sure the name matches. Again. Like, <laughs> if it's so important for this company to have confirmation, you need to hire grown-ups like you need to hire full grown-ass people because like if a 16 year old can do this job i don't have to check nobody's id okay i was a full-ass grown adult when this happened (laughs) (laughs) i was well into my 20s i was back in college yeah getting paid Uh, minimum wage what are you busting crimes hey no (laughs) i was making 50 cents more than minimum wage i was a excuse me yeah after yeah 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 I had the same at Zeller's after five wage bumps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get yeah. 12 more cents. Well, boy, howdy. What a dream. Oh, fuck you. Anyway, yeah. sort. Wow. No, okay. that'll, this'll pay off. This'll pay off eventually. Uh, 50 cents more than minimum wage. After Shucks, three years mister. What an upgrade. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway. You know what? I don't feel bad about not checking that. There we go. Oh, there you go. should not. Okay. Anytime <laughs> I have a question about it, I'm like, yeah, that person definitely stole that. I'm like, well, good for them. Like, yeah. <laughs> they and in any case, I was like so duped I didn't even question it. I was just like, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, Fine. Yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not my problem. That's Visa. Okay, yeah. Visa can figure it out. They hold a lot more power than I do, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Where can people follow you, Craig? Yeah, you can follow me at uh, Craig Fake Comedy on Facebook or Twitter. As always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any platform of your choosing. Guys, uh, check out our Twitter for next week's episode. I'm sure we're going to pick something pretty great. I'm excited. Um, as always, guys, uh, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you to never fish with your wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.